Hello. Hello. Anyone around here speak basketball? Welcome to the Confederacy of Dunks Basketball, Basketball Podcast. I am your host, Freddie Revis. And who, sir, all in black are you? I am the producer. I'm Matt Duncan. Freddie, how are you doing? Are you still having a good time over there? <laughs> I am having a good time still. <laughs> Things are good. We don't live in the uh, same borough anymore, you know, so I got to check in from afar. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Things are good in, I'm in the York borough of Toronto. Nice. You are in the York region of Ontario. Yep. No? Yeah. York correct? region. That's correct. Yeah. Big check voting block. Yeah. Very important yeah. up here. Yeah, yeah. yeah, huge voting block. East Gwillimberry, what's up? <laughs> um, we are a uh, uh, Raptors podcast. We are NBA podcast. We're hardcore basketball fans. We are on Raptors Republic. Um, Matty D, uh, is there anything you, you know, should we should we save our plug to the end? Yeah. We've been doing that recently, right? Yeah, let's do that. Get to the guests. Okay. Wow. His eyes did the Steve Nash thing. That was great. Um, uh, I will say before we get started, uh, free Brittany Griner. And uh, let's bring on guest number one. Uh, he's done the podcast, uh, I, I think, uh, you know, a fair amount of times at this point, point, maybe four or five times. Um, he's someone who I religiously listen to have for a very long time. I absolutely love all of his basketball opinions. Um, he's just, a, you know, an incredible force in the Raptors world. Uh, he's probably the biggest fan of Terrence Ross that exists in the entire world. Uh, give it up as loud as you can, even if you're at home alone, for Sean Woodley. Hi! Hey! <laughs> that was awesome. I feel like I needed to like uh, arrive in line with the like just sitting there without moving my hands in some way, shape, or form was going to be weird with the music playing. I needed to do some sort of flourish, <laughs> and aggressive dorky wave was what came to mind. No, it was a big wave. It was a big. Uh, I would say I would even say aggressive wave. Um, yeah, I felt like I needed to wave back. You know what I mean? Like it was that. Hey, I'm glad you did. Wave. I feel welcomed in. That's you being a good host. Sweet. Um, well, uh, dude. Uh, I really appreciate you doing the podcast and uh, yeah, thank you. Happy to be um, here, man. It's uh, it's always a good time to chat with you. Even if your intros are highly inaccurate and make me seem to be something I'm not, I appreciate it very, very much. And I will be clipping that and sending it to my mom. <laughs> please, please clip that. Um, I would love to be clipped promoing you. Uh, it's a good day for me. Uh, let's bring on uh, guest number two. Uh, it's actually his first time doing the podcast. Uh, we have done comedy together. We've known each other for, uh, I, I think, a, a solid amount of years. He just moved to L.A. Uh, I just did his basketball podcast um, last night, uh, Chill Takes. He's an incredible improviser. He's an amazing dude. Give it up as loud as you can, even if you're at home alone, for Chili Davidson. Yeah. 
This is your this is your song forevermore. And we better see a dunce. I done. Hey. Yeah, man. Um, what's up? How are you? Thanks for doing the pod. I'm great. I'm great. Yeah, it's uh, it's earlier for me than you. I'm in Los Angeles. I uh, moved here a few months ago, uh, but I'm still a massive Raptors homer. Um, unfortunately, the Raptors don't come down here to play until like March or something. Um, I think they have both their Lakers and Clippers games within a couple days. Um, hopefully can h- catch some games when I'm back in December, uh, but I'm watching them at five o'clock or whatever down here. Um, love the raps, uh, and, uh, just, uh, fired up to be here to talk about the Raptors. Oh yeah, dude. Well, uh, let's, uh, let's get right into it. Matty D. Um, I, I, I feel like you might, maybe you debuted a new sting last week. Uh, I think we, it might be all weird Al podcast at this point, but please <laughs> give me your loudest, weirdest Raptors sting. Hey, Bobby Webster. Oh, that, that's a newer, I think. This is good. Matty D found a Weird Al website um, <laughs> of all Weird Al clips. I'm into it. Ready? Yes. Don't forget. Trust in Messiah. <laughs> oh, yeah, right. That one. Was, yeah, the, the, uh, that one makes me feel icky. Like, <laughs> Maasai? Ma- I don't know. It's, 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 it's like, that's nails on a chalkboard. That's um, a computer saying Maasai's name. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Maasai Ujiri. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's like what you hear before the computer kills you. Um, <laughs> that's some. 2001 Space Odyssey shit there. Um, <laughs> it's called Maasai. You're not allowed to leave. Um, <laughs> let's uh, let's go to you uh, first, Sean, uh, on this one. Um, you know, I'm not the I'm not the biggest. Uh, I mean, I love stats, I love analytics, but I'm, I I never you know pretend to be a uh, like an absolutist in that regard. Um, but uh, I looked over basketball reference, did a little bit of homework, and we were eight and six, I believe, uh, without Siakam last year. You know, tons of contacts, uh, context there. One of them was uh, the last game of the year, right? So he's resting. Um, but just like as comparing last year to this year and thinking about this year, is is that the type of record you think fans can expect? Like, are we a slightly above average team still with without Pascal? I would say probably the schedule helps because they play some bad teams coming up and like some teams that they match up well with, like there's a Hawks game in there and that's a a matchup. I think they're pretty well suited towards. Um, And yeah, they play like the Rockets, Thunder, Pacers and Pistons in their next four. You would hope that they can win a few there and maybe get a a little bit of a reprieve with the schedule at some point here too. But uh, yeah, it, it just, It's tricky because Pascal Siakam, I think the gap between him and the rest of the team this year is even more pronounced than it was last year. Like he's so freaking good and he really is the source of pretty much every good thing that happens for the Raptors on offense. And we we saw it on Monday against the Bulls. I mean, if you don't have Scotty Barnes 
sort of doing his best simulacrum of Pascal Siakam. Like, I don't know how good the offense is going to be, and they're going to have to rely on defending their asses off, and they did not defend very well in that game either. Maybe double-teaming DeMar DeRozan the entire game when Zach Levine is now available to kill you on the weak side wasn't the best call, but I'm not the coach. That's fine. Um, I I just, it's... It's a tricky thing to navigate here because Pascal has become so important. He is the engine for everything that they do. So I, I don't know if like I would expect them to do a whole lot better than that eight and six that they did last mm-hmm. year. I don't think he's going to be 14 games. Hopefully not. That would be bad. Yeah. Um, but, you know, if, if he misses eight games, nine games here and they can go five and four, even four and five and like not do too much damage. I don't think that's too bad. It's it's annoying because the season felt like it was about to really kind of take off with yeah. that with Siakam playing as well as they were with the schedule evening out after that pretty solid start against a tough schedule. And then it's all kind of on pause now until Pascal gets back and it's just like, all right, can you tread water enough? And I think they can, especially with the strength of the schedule. But I do think because of how important Siakam is, not just to the half court, but also to mm-hmm. transition, he's like the one guy on the team who like can organize the team on the run really successfully and not booted out of bounds when he gets a little uh, you know, head of steam going that way. Like that's going to hurt as well. So it's tough to overcome because he's so central to everything they do. But I think they have just enough to get by if Scotty Barnes can play better than he did on Monday night, which I think he can, even though his ankles feel uh, maybe like they're made of uh, (laughs) like paper mache at the moment, which is problematic. Yeah, I mean, lots of good points. Um, I think I sort of want to jump on, you know, this idea of of the, the, the gulf between Pascal and the rest of the team. I, I felt that that was true personally before this year started. Sure. Yeah. Um, you know, when I would hear people describe like, oh, it's Scotty's team or, you know, we should trade Pascal for blank player that Pascal's better than. Um, Tell me you're a dumb guy without telling me you're a dumb guy. Right? <laughs> like, you know, I mean, if, if it starts with we should trade Pascal, uh, it's sort of like, oh, we should like – we should be okay losing. Um, that's kind of how I see that. And yeah, I, I really feel like we rely on him in a way that's a little bit, you know, I'm not sure you were saying this exactly, but I feel like we're relying on him more than we were last year, particularly with so much like read and react stuff and his reactions to everything he's seeing is just, it's that much cleaner. It's that much crisper. Um, I was having a conversation with a friend of the pod, Dan Gallia, the other day, and we were sort of talking about like, you know, Barnes and Siakam and this idea that I think a lot of fans are like, you know, they assume Barnes is a better passer. And to me, that's a bit wild, right? Because I think Pascal, he just so much of what he does is, I guess, kind of like clunky. Like, I think his game is more sexy than it gets credit for. But I also feel like beyond all of that, he just makes the right play and he pushes winning constantly. And a lot of times that's, it's just overlooked. Like, you know, who else on the team even is going to be double teamed on a regular basis and then react uh, well to that double team? Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. just to like, just butt in for sorry to please, interrupt we'll in, get to, uh, i'll let chili talk too uh but like just wanted to kind of go off on that yeah i mean scotty barnes is a cooler passer than pascal like pascal's not doing no looks for no reason like that's extremely cool yeah. and he might be a better passer someday but mm-hmm. like pascal he just it's not just that he's a good passer it's that he 
is kind of engineering what passes become available to him. And then he yes. knows exactly which one to make. Right. Like my favorite thing that he does is he'll kind of like post up. And then he'll realize, all right, double's coming. I'm going to sort of take a couple dribbles out while still kind of having my butt to the basket. And I know that that's going to pull the defense further out. It's going to pull the help my way. And then a guy's going to cut into space right under the basket, and I'm going to feed him for an easy dunk. And it's just like he knows before the defense knows what the defense is going to do. And Scotty's not at that level of manipulation yet. I think he'll get there at some point. Mm -hmm. He's a genius, but it takes a long time. Pascal's in year seven, and he's just kind of mastering it now. Like It's not something happens overnight for sure I, I remember you know early days with pascal he was on uh, i believe it was the, the the low post and he was describing you know the way when he's defended that he like like he basically doesn't consider the person defending him uh as a player on the court like mm-hmm. he was just sort of like yeah i just look past that first defender because i know i can beat anyone at any time and i think he's gotten to that point that superstars get to uh, you know like luca or harden you know prime harden where it's sort of this thing where it's like not only can i get past my man i know that's like an eventuality mm-hmm. and when other people start to come to help i know how to you know do the gretzky assist uh, or or just make the plays that yeah like you say engineer winning um, but Chili, let's uh, let's go to you. You know, kind of back to the main thesis here. You know, I'm 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 down to talk about Pascal's greatness, but like, you know, where do you where do you see this team right now without Pascal? Well, you know, as Sean said, we do have a pretty favorable schedule coming up. Um, do you think this team has kind of the like the killer instinct to be like, okay, we know Pascal's not here, but we're still going to beat the shit out of you know Indiana, OKC, what have you? Yeah. It is softer for sure. Um, I mean, let's factor in a loss to Detroit, Detroit Pistons. Like that's just <laughs> oh, going to happen. Pound the rock. I hate that we that joke's that. true. So Casey will like act like it's not a thing. And like it is. He cares so much, which is so petty. I don't know. It's so it pisses me off. I think we'll be okay. I think that it's actually not the worst thing in the world for the team. I sort of feel worse for Pascal than I do for the team. Uh, Hmm. Reason being is because he was playing so damn well. And uh, who knows, you know, if he'll, when he'll be back, he'll be good. And whether his stats will be as good and he'll be able to be that top five player that he's been wanting to be. Um, You know, he was in the MVP race uh, before he went down and, um, that's frustrating. But as a team, I think what we've seen in some of these games, like we saw this last night, um, you know, your defense tightens up and your offense can't get it going. And it's very frustrating to watch that. So I think what is going to be helpful is because with with not having Pascal out, Nick is going to have to drop some more plays. You don't have to drop plays as much when you have a superstar, right? Like mm-hmm. when you have Kevin Durant on your team, you say give Kevin the ball. When you have Pascal on the team, uh, it was at a point this season where it was like give Pascal the ball. And so now you're going to have to figure out how to get the ball in the basket without having him there. Now, some of that is just get Gary open and let him shoot um, or let uh, Fred do the, his thing. But a lot of the time it's going to be get Christian Coloco to the hoop, which is going to be fun because some his upside is really high. We've seen it. Um, so I think that it's going to be a little rocky. Um, it's early on. It's not great because uh, at least last season we had the, like we knew Pascal wasn't going to be with us at the start and we had time to prep for that. Um, but 
yeah, I, I, I think that it's going to be overall good for the team to get that experience to run plays and try to work without him. Uh, it's uh, To me, it's just more frustrating for him that he was having such an incredible season and now he's going to lose so much ground in uh, what he wants to do, uh, which, you know, it's not about all about him, but it is about him. If that makes sense. Yeah, it, it is. You know, he's our he's like who the you know team is orbiting around, rightfully so. And you know, I really do as a Pascal, like I feel like I'm one of many, but Pascal Stan, um, it, it sucks. And I feel like this season was, you know, in in my opinion, like you know, back to like all star and all NBA Pascal. Like n- none of this one of each sort of thing. Um, although when he was all star before, he was also all NBA. But I feel like he's you know, was going to stamp himself as that, um, you know, hopefully still does. But, uh, you know, uh, Sean said something earlier and, and you also said chili, I think like entering into the zeitgeist is a little bit, uh, of my opinion. Um, I don't want to say critiques of Nick nurse, but I would say a little bit of skepticism and, you know, for a long time I've been feeling, uh, you know, you know, certain things I kind of go back and forth on. Like, obviously, Nurse is like a genius uh, to the point of like I don't even understand, and I'm just a, a dude talking <laughs> about basketball. And like, he's like, he's like, yeah, you're you're a podcaster. I brought in an AI um, to to the to the Raptors facility, and uh, like it measures like a depth of ro- and rotation of somebody's shot. So you know, he's just operating on a level that I don't understand. So let me acknowledge that, but. One thing I feel like that has been sort of, um, I don't want to say not talked about enough, but uh, it has it, been like just lightly in the zeitgeist is how he talks about and uses uh, his bench and how he does or doesn't run plays. And, you know, last year there's like, okay, yeah, you got Svi, you got Utah. Uh, the year before you got Baines, you got Bembry, whatever. This year, in my opinion, you, you have a very legitimate bench and uh, I think we're, we're, we're very deep. Um, we might be a bit redundant, but I think that we have a lot of players that deserve to play. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm not saying there's no excuse to lose, but I do feel like uh, it's a little bit of uh, he has nothing to prove, but also at the same time, it's kind of like, let's, let's see some of this creativity um, and yeah. let's see a cohesive half court offense um, with the unit you have without Pascal. And, you know, I, I think both of you sort of made the point to a certain degree that Pascal's playing in such a way that it kind of covers up some stuff. Um, mm-hmm. and, and to your point, Chili, this is a huge opportunity for growth for the team um, and also for confidence building, right? So if we can stay afloat or better when Pascal comes back, you know, it just puts less pressure on everything. And, um yeah, I guess uh, what we're gonna we're gonna move on, but I'm curious where you know you guys are at with sort of the I guess like the the vibe on Nurse. I mean, I think Nurse is a really good coach. Uh, I, you know, it's easy to nitpick the minutes stuff and the, yes. the the bench things and whatnot. I kind of feel for me, I always feel like Nick Nurse has a handle on the big picture stuff, so I don't sweat the small stuff day to day. Very true. Um, yeah. And like with the bench, I mean. Look, Chris Boucher missed the first three games. Thad Young was kind of weirdly out of the rotation there for a while. I'm glad mm-hmm. to see he's kind of back in. They didn't have Porter for the first, what was it, eight games or, or seven games. And so, yep. like, they're still, like, figuring out their guys. Coming into the year, like, my thinking was, okay, 
they have four core bench guys. It's going to be Porter, it's going to be Thad, it's going to be Boucher, and Precious. And they haven't really ridden those four guys, right? Like It's like, all right, we'll try a little Delano Benton here, some Wancho there. You know, Coloco, I think, has like earned time to play. He's been really fun. And I yeah, think he's hard to do the rotation. Totally. Like he, he he's he's gonna be a, a totally worthwhile sort of change of pace guy when he's on the coming off the bench eventually once they're healthy. Like that's a perfect perfect guy to have as your tenth man. I think he's probably supplanted Ken Birch at this point, who was also getting some re- weird run. Mm-hmm. I, I really kind of think the bench issues will be solved if they just stop playing freaking Delano Banton. Because Delano Banton, <laughs> I know we all love him. He stinks right now. Like he really, yeah. really stinks and he drags down every one of their lineups. I think he's going to be a rotation player one day. I posited on my show today that maybe in his future, is he just like a tall version of the Bruce Brown, Gary Payton, the second center point guard type guy. I think that could maybe be something in his future, but right now nothing happens when he dribbles. He has no shooting gravity whatsoever. And the number that's crazy, like he's played 80 minutes. The Raptors are a minus 26 in those 80 minutes. It's a minus 17.9 on court net rating. It's like by far the worst number on the team. Most of the other mm-hmm. guys are either like single digits minuses or heavy pluses. And it's just it's very clear. He's the the leaky tire, the the wheel that's falling off. And I feel like he's got to go get some G League time, really, and sort of figure these things out because he's not it right now. And it just leads to these weird 10 minute stretches of games where they can't get anything done because the lineup just is not suited for anything to happen, especially now that Pascal is out like Pascal could make it work with anybody. He's like tall Kyle Lowry in that regard. I Mm -hmm. don't think there's anyone on the team that's going to make Delano Banton work right now. I know we love him and the fact that he rides the bus in Toronto, but like. It's not working right now. And if you just give his minutes to Thad and Otto and you get Precious kind of back in the regular routine here, I feel like you'll be able to find enough sort of in-between lineups with starters sprinkled in to make this work. Because, like, they don't need to go five-man bench looks. They can have two or three starters at all times mm-hmm. and mix and match yeah. and make it work. It just The Banton thing is just kind of throwing a wrench into the whole thing for me. And, yeah, and I yeah. think that you're going to see that less. Like I, 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 I believe it was Nick who had this quote before. It's like the regular season is used sort of as, <laughs> as warm up for the postseason. Sure. Uh, you know, I think that it's still early on. Yes, you want to win games, but I think that Nick is trying to run with different people. Like, yeah, my frustration in the early games of not seeing Thad out there was like, I was like, why isn't he playing? But I think my theory on that is he knows what he's going to get from that. You know, you're going to get pretty consistent play from Thad a lot of the time. And Thad has leaked his way back in the rotation because they've needed him to. And his veteran presence is super important. But you don't uh, you're not wondering what you're going to get from Thad most nights. I mean, he was a little off yesterday. You know, he had to sort of play back to back games. Uh, I don't think someone at his age can do that as much. But um, I think that that's sort of what Nick is is going for, is that let's you know let's see what they have and some of these guys like a guy like malachi you have to play or we need to trade him i mean if you don't play him then he's got to go like we have to find a way to put him in a package and go because otherwise why is he still with the team right like you have to figure out is it going to work or is it not going to work and i do think malachi has been a better option for us this season and i think that he can be a really strong backup you know his upside is pretty high um, but if you're not going to play certain guys, you know, you got to figure that out sooner rather than later. So I think the clock is ticking and you got to hope that, you know, over this stretch, we start to figure some of that stuff out. 
Um, but I always give him credit because what he does and what Casey and people in the past were not able to do is he's able to ride the hot hand. He loves to do that. Um, he's able to make adjustments. He's not like, well, DeMar's our guy, and if he doesn't have it, we don't have it tonight. And it's like, well, if Pascal doesn't have it one night, he's going to go to Scott, who's ever got the hot hand. He'll go with Precious if Precious is on. You know, Precious is a little inconsistent at times, and if he's got it, he's got it. Yeah, um, lot, lots of good points on, on both ends, and I feel like, you know, um, Nurse's ability to sort of adjust and, you know, as Sean was saying earlier, big picture stuff, uh, you know, I, I'm someone who for sure gets lost in the, in the small picture at times. So that's really important to remember. And, you know, just look at a guy like Boucher's arc uh, on, under Nurse and it's like, wait a second. Yeah, he, he's got a handle on like, you know, where <laughs> what these players need. Um, but uh, yeah, let's move on to question two. I'm going to go to you, Chili, first on this one. Um, and, you know, we're sort of already talking about it, but uh, I, I've noticed a couple things this year and I'm not going to say it. I want to see if you guys can, you know, if we're vibing out in the same way. But uh, I feel like chemistry is, is kind of a weird thing. And I'm wondering if there's anything that's uh, from a chemistry standpoint, like, you know, small things um, or, or big things you've noticed this year that surprised you. Yeah, uh, well, I think that off the bat, we really have to just like talk about Fred and Coloco being just already like, how exciting is that duo? Yeah, uh, yeah. It's like such a fun <laughs> love. Uh, we love it. I remember, and, like, a tall person. It. Yes. I know. Like, our last, last night. Night was Jonas. Yeah. Sorry. There was a play last night where it didn't go, but, you know, uh, I think it was Ma- Maddie, Maddie D, uh, not from the podcast, but Matt Devlin, who was like, just keep doing it. And it's like, yeah, absolutely. We're going to get those to go and it's going to work and we're excited to have that. So that's like huge. I think the one duo that you wish you could see more of just because of health wise is like Freddie Pascal two man game. Like you really want them to kind of click back in uh, because that's a huge uh, thing is to have both them going uh, in the latter minutes um, as like a duo. Um, so th- that's kind of like the one I want to see more. Um, yeah, I-, I mean, finding ways just to get Gary open and get Gary going is like Gary's the only guy who really doesn't play that well with others. And so you kind of have to play with him and find his shots. Um, but, you know, overall, I'm not too concerned about the chemistry. And I think that some of the stuff's going to get locked in. Um, but, uh, yeah, yeah, that's, that's what I'm excited about. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think most of the chemistry stuff, um, and we, you know, we'll see if Sean agrees, but I think most of the chemistry stuff for, in, in my opinion are, are pretty good. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I've seen a lot of good things, uh, this year and yeah, a couple of things that have surprised me. I mean, everything about Coloco, uh, has sort of surprised me. It shouldn't cause how well, uh, Bobby and Masai draft, but, uh, you know, I kind of thought he would ride the bench, go to the G league. Um, you know, we'll see what he does there and then come back and like an injury or two would take place. And then he'd start to get some minutes, you know, towards the middle uh, and end of the year. I, I did not expect him to have started what already five, six games. Um, you know, yeah, the Coloco thing, like everything he's doing is a surprise to me. Yeah. Um, you know, a, a good surprise. And, and, you know, chemistry wise, even the screens he's setting, you know, monster screens. Like he's, he's a seven footer. Like he, he, Sean said, we have a tall guy. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sean, is there anything chemistry wise you've noticed uh, that, uh, you know, you maybe you weren't expecting. Yeah. I mean, this is kind of the bummer of Pascal getting hurt, but I just kind of feel like the way Pascal plays is very conducive to like good chemistry vibes because yes. 
like when the Raptors are at their best, and this is why, you know, I don't, I never really worry about like the bad starts with the starting five because they usually start games off. It's very take turny. They're trying to get everybody their touches, everyone yeah. feel the ball. But when they get down to it, it's like, all right, well, Pascal, Fred, you're going to run inverted pick and roll. And that's what we're going to do. And everything is going to flow from that. Pascal's going to get his looks, sure, but it's also going to mean looks for everybody else. Gary Trent Jr. is going to capitalize on the chaos that everybody else creates and get those open looks pascal is going to drive transition the whole team is going to drive transition when they're at their best because that's what they're designed to do and like i don't know i feel like scoring in transition and just dunking every time is very good for chemistry and vibes as well like more dunks that's good like it makes your your, your happiness feelings go up we saw scotty's dunk last night i don't even care about the loss scotty yeah. did that dunk on vooch and i'm cool um that but yeah I, I just think <laughs> i just think Scott, like siakam ties everything together so well and like he because of the attention he draws is like a one man solution to the, Oh man, we got all these mouths to feed. How do we do it? Problem. Cause like inevitably everyone's going to get looks out of Pascal involved actions. And I just yeah. think it's been a, a delight to behold. The other thing that I'm like watching right now and like, it seems burgeoning. It's very early days, but I think it's going to come around is the fad auto pairing off the bench. The two grizzled dads who look like they're sore all the time when they're walking <laughs> around the court coming in, like stabilizing stuff, connecting the dots. I think if you have like fad and Porter closing games, perhaps with like Fred OG and Scotty, I can get on board with that right now while Siakam's out. If Trent's having a rough game, I feel like Thad always plays better with better players. He just kind of amplifies things with his playmaking mm-hmm. and his defense and his his, pla- his passing and the way he can hit guys on cuts and whatnot. And Porter, like, he'll fit in any lineup because he gets steals and shoots threes. That's really what he's there to do, and he's very good at it. Um, so, like, those two guys, I feel like, are going to be pretty good connective tissue in those in-between lineups. I think they're going to be mainstays in the rotation at least i hope they are especially in thad's case porter feels like he's pretty ironclad when he's healthy but uh those two guys like they just they're the adults in the room they kind of settle things down when they come in especially when you juxtapose it with like delano banton just like flying around like a maniac and precious and boucher doing their thing <laughs> mm-hmm. these guys just kind of come in like even they're like a nice like a, a light indica gummy at the end of the night to just calm ah. things out we love we love thad and porter uh, it looks like they also might need some gummies because their bodies hurt all the time which I, again i relate to big time <laughs> dad give young those guys, love dad young yeah <laughs> g- g- give those guys some gummies um you know maybe uh yeah not like not super high on thc or maybe super high on thc maybe they want to be high and also feel better um but uh yeah i think like like the 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 auto thad one is not one i i thought about till right now so i and i love that um Mine was sort of, it's not so much like they're the way that they're uh, playing directly together. It's just sort of one is filling the gap and the other one is doing something I didn't quite expect. And that is, you know, when uh, all offseason, a lot of the conversation was like, okay, who's going to make room for Scotty's increased scoring, which hasn't quite came yet. But I feel like, you know, I didn't say it exactly in the offseason, but I always felt in my head, well, not Gary. Gary's not going to make room for scoring. He's going to score more, if anything. <laughs> and what sort of surprised me, but I think is really cool, is that Gary's like, all right, I'm the number two scorer on the team. And I think 
all these years we were wondering like, okay, you know, is OG's next step this year? Is it OG's, uh, you know, how's he going to, you know, score more? How's he going to play more, more, uh, play make more? Like, you know, there's this whole Portland bullshit or whatever, like, you know, what's behind all that. And I feel like OG's response has, has been like, I, my, my next step is on defense. Mm, like, yeah. you know, you're all expecting me to score more. I'm going to steal and block more and I'm going to dominate even harder than I was before on defense. So, yeah. you know, it's not necessarily like a playing off of each other, but I feel like their personality types, Gary and OG, they're kind of like, they're going in different directions, but in, in ways that are really positive for the team. I might um, even push back a little on like the, the Gary has decided he's the number two guy now thing. Cause like, mm-hmm. I don't feel like he's commandeering the offense quite as much as he used to like last yes. year. Like it does feel like a lot of his stuff is coming out of the flow. And if anything, I feel like Scotty is kind of taking up the mantle as like, well, I'm going to be the number two creator now last night. notwithstanding, it would have been, it would have been nice to see a better Scotty game in that one. But mm-hmm. I, I just, I feel like again, kind of back to my original sort of idea here is it just everything, everyone kind of seems like they're on the same page with whatever yes. the experiment is that's going here. And like, as much as you'll hear the outside noise of guys agitating for more looks or whatever, oh, mm-hmm. Fred's a gunner. He's going to want his shots. He's in a contract here. That's not happening. Like there's, it seems like guys have just like accepted, okay, we're playing weirdo ball. Everyone's going to eat. Everyone's going to have to sacrifice sure. some. And the result is uh, pretty damn good and pretty entertaining. Yeah, that's that's a good clarification on uh, on the Gary thing, because I, I actually, you know, I don't think he's playing out of control. Uh, for me, I just sort of feel like Gary can score with mm-hmm. ease and is the type of guy where, you know, in that Miami Heat game, you know, I think if it's a Norm Powell, if it's, you know, you know, other guys, they might they might find a way to pass outside of that situation. But I feel like Gary's like, no, I, I'm going to hit it. I'm going to hit a three in front of the other team's bench because I'm going to hit it. And I know mm-hmm, I'm, right. I, I, I'm not thinking about passing because this is going in. Um, yeah. And yeah, I feel like that's sort of where I'm coming from with, with Gary, but I do, you know, Sean, you hit on a point too, uh, where, you know, it was uh, a couple podcasts ago, but this idea of like the Raptors and pressure and how they were going to mm-hmm. respond to like contract years and all this kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, I think you're exactly on the level as far as like, you know, all the outside noise, it doesn't really factor into the Raptors. Um, you yeah. know, was, it, was it the Mavericks broadcast? I was listening to another team's broadcast and they were just talking about, Oh, it was Spurs. Sorry. Um, and the Spurs were just talking about the Raptors as being like the most kind of like cohesive, pleasant team. And I think <laughs> it was at the peak of like Brooklyn Nets. Or actually I shouldn't say that's that probably will never peak. So like I'll just chill there. But like <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know what the just hell is. You know steady I mean? inclined until yeah. the, everything falls off Mount Crumpet. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, you know, at some point like Utah's gonna say something crazy and it could be like, holy shit, this is just <laughs> this is popping off. Um but like really though, I think uh this team you know, it's, it, it, yeah, we have a winning culture. We have, you know, yeah, people have personal goals, but they're, they're weaving it all together and, you know, they're doing it as a team. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, let's yeah, move on to some, yeah. oh, sorry, you got some chili? No, I was just going to say, I mean, that you're right. Your culture is great. Uh, you know, Messiah and Bobby have built something really fun and, and they're able to weather those storms. And, you know, we, we even have people have had bites in the off season and stuff like that. They're able to weather it really well. And, 
you know, I mean, before before about a month ago, I would have said, you know, this this coming from the Spurs, that's always a great thing. Obviously, the Spurs are going through their own turmoil right now, uh, but uh, that's the team that I always wanted the Raptors to be. So, uh, you know, I, I was a huge Spurs fan as well growing up, and so it's like it's fun. It's it's cool to hear that because that's the team that I wanted the Raptors to be. Uh, I'll second that. I used to, you know, I used to get made fun of for saying that the Raptors were, were you know, trying to be Spurs East. Um, and, and I have friends That's team say, basketball. Like, well, yeah. And people be like, they will never be like the Spurs. And now I'm like, you know what? Let's just be the Raptors. Um, <laughs> I do not want to do uh, anything that's going on there right now. Um, but uh, yeah, let's move on to some NBA talk. We're going to bring Maddie in. I think we got some more Weird Al. Uh, Maddie D, please give me your weirdest Weird Al NBA sting. National, National Basketball, Basketball Association. Association. It's a classic. This is Adam Silver. There we go. There we go. Weird Al came in at the end there. Um, and for yeah, anyone that didn't uh, know what that stood for, it's National Basketball Association. Um, so we have a sting built in just to make sure folks know what we're talking about. Um, Matt, I you, appreciate the clarification. I'm a pretty dumb guy. So. Right? You know, you, you got to know. It could be it could be something else. Um, this is, uh, yeah, our, our, our silly slash weird slash convoluted segment of the show. Uh, Maddie D, you're going to kick things off here. Uh, me and my partner have been watching uh, Welcome to Wrexham, Ryan Reynolds, and uh, I want to say, I think it's Rob, Rob, Rob McElhenney. Um, I'm, pro- yeah. I'm butchering his last name. Um, but they, they bought uh, a Welsh soccer team, uh, Wrexham. It's in uh, one of the lowest leagues, if not the lowest league. <clears throat> and yeah, they're, you know, it's full Ted Lasso, right? It's like uh, an American and a Canadian coming into. Uh, a sport that they know not and, you know, dabbling around. It's a documentary. It got me thinking, um, who is like a, yeah, like a non-American uh, or if in the case of the Raptors, non-Canadian celebrity slash celebrity pair uh, that, you know, you'd like to see buy an NBA team uh, and make a doc about it. And, and what's the team? And I'll go first. Yes, please. Okay. <laughs> So I don't know this doc. I I thought I didn't realize that Ryan Reynolds already owns a team because there's all this talk now that he wants to buy the Ottawa Senators, mm-hmm. which is hilarious because it's, it's going so well in Wrexham. <laughs> wow, <laughs> yeah, it's that it, that would be very interesting to see Ryan Reynolds uh, on the face of uh, a hockey team, uh, one that I hate. But anyway. Whoa! I kind of sorry. I, I'm not gonna get into the rivalry stuff, but I will try to stick with this question and say I didn't pick non-Americans because this is we're recording this during the midterm elections, and and by God, did they need some support over there? Uh, I and this is just something that I've thought about ever since I heard that Las Vegas is gonna probably get an expansion team. I want co-owners Chris Angel and David Blaine at the okay. helm of that team. <laughs> this is good. And I I do well, not I want to be that, disappointed guys. here. I want, like, when a, a shot goes in, it doesn't go through the hoop, it goes outside the building. Or, you know, it like it, 
explodes like an alien through one of the refs or something. I want sure. all kinds of optical illusions like this. Okay, when a coach is fired, I want Chris Angel to cut him in half and whisper in his ear that he's <laughs> like, oh, and then we all get out of the cool. arena. Yes, I want, I want public, public firings before the game in a magic setting. It'd be a lot more fun for the fans to feel involved. And, and yeah, you know, David Blade's more into the endurance magic stuff now. Sure. You know, yeah. he's he's staying underwater. There's going to be some weird stuff that we're going to do with David <laughs> Blade. He'll be vomiting a lot. <laughs> like, he's going to, like, eat a lot of shawarma or something. Like, he need, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 900 shawarma. <laughs> yeah, I just think it. You, you got if you're putting a team in Vegas, you gotta have like you won't have to worry about the entertainment at all. With I'm sure these two get along, right? Chris Angel, David Blaine, it'll be a match made in heaven. But yeah, bring a little magic to the game. So that's who I'm going. Uh, Maddie D, you came with the goods. Uh, I, I think perhaps a missed opportunity for them to not own the magic. Um, <laughs> that's but, right. <laughs> I, I will say I they've will, relocated. That's why they're, they're, uh, the ownership changed. They've relocated to Vegas. Uh, I will also say I love that you you gave a quick primer on different types of magic, um, <laughs> and also assumed that they would be friends. So lo, lo, lots there. That's why I start with you, Matt. Very rich. Uh, this is good. Um, also very violent. People getting a cut open and stuff. Uh, this is cool. Um, let's uh, let's go to you uh, next, Sean. Um, which, yeah, owners, you know, and who cares? Yeah, if you also picked Americans, that's fine. Um, but, yes, celebrity owners, basically the idea here. I did not pick uh, uh, Americans, so I, I listened to the instructions. Thank you, Sean. Um, that said, I, imagine the horror of all the blood that would be spilled onto the court and to the number of players who would strain their groins on this Vegas court with Chris Angel <laughs> yeah, yeah. running the show. Like, the mop crew better be all over this. Um, yeah. I'm going – so, for me, when I have a sports team, I want to not – totally detest the owners because usually if you have an owner you hate it's because they suck and are probably doing things to make your team watching experience worse so i'm going all for vibes we're obviously going for celebrity i am also someone who thinks most arenas should really get their shit together when it comes to concessions and so Mm -hmm. i'm going with a couple of brits they both seem like wonderful dudes. Uh, one of them, I don't understand how he's so well-adjusted, but he seems awesome. And the other guy feels like he can be the iron fist who rules the concession side of things and makes the food experience at the game that much better. And hell, hell, why don't they buy the Raptors so they can have these vibes for the team that I like okay. and remove the telecom giants who are the owners? I'm going Daniel Radcliffe and Gordon Ramsay as a two-man tandem <laughs> wow. to buy the team. Daniel Radcliffe is the front-facing vibesman. Everyone yes. loves Daniel Radcliffe. He's cool as hell. Uh, again, don't know how he's so well-adjusted as, like, the most famous child actor of our time. He calls out J.K. Rowling on her transphobic bullshit. He's great. He's, he's a wonderful person to add he's to awesome. the ownership crew. And then Gordon Ramsay... Just imagine him going around screaming at the head chef of Scotiabank Arena to <laughs> stop making some bullshit chicken fingers. Man, that would be brilliant as well, not to use a Gordon Ramsay term. Uh, but yeah, that, that that's my tandem. The two, maybe the only two acceptable British people, uh, Daniel Radcliffe and Gordon Ramsay, are now the owners of the Toronto Raptors. Sorry, Larry Tannenbaum. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Um, I, you know what? We, we need us. We need us uh, talking about... Uh, 
giving uh, Sean a sound clip. We need a sound <laughs> clip of you saying sorry, Larry Tenenbaum. Um, yeah, if uh, if Banton hits a three, that's what plays in Scotia. <laughs> <laughs> why why Tannenbaum's uh, against uh Banton but th- this next is time they win moment. a title no this is at the next time they win a title and Larry Tannenbaum is ho- hoisting the trophy or whatever before whichever player deserves to lift it first presumably Pascal Siakam uh that's that's like the clip that you play when Scotty Barnes swipes the trophy from Larry Tannenbaum a la Serge Ibaka and gives it to the rightful guy who should be hoisting it that just plays over the loudspeaker I think Oh yeah, that's, that's good stuff. That's the that's an outrageous party. Um, yeah. And bring back sort of shawarma and make it Michelin star. That's what I'd like to sure, see. Sure, yeah. Let's incorporate sort of shawarma into all the answers here. Um, uh, chili. I don't. For the record, I don't want. Gordon Ramsay going around calling the various chefs at the Scotiabank Arena fucking donkeys, but it would be kind of funny. <laughs> Sean's now yeah, thinking, I mean, oh, hey, wait, if anyone hears this and I go to get a poutine or something, they can't be like, dude, you talking about me? Uh, directors on a good team, you fucking donkey. Wow. Oh, so you had it ready to go for you. Wow, we had it. Yeah, that's a... That's a that's a chef's kiss uh, of an insert there, Maddie um, Ramsey. Yeah, well, um, okay. I don't even. I'm just thinking about him. <laughs> I'm just like that guy is really entertaining. Um, okay, Chili. Who's your celebrities? What's the team? What's the vibe? Well, first off, yeah, if you're concerned about someone being problematic, I think Gordon Ramsay uh, <laughs> is on the verge of getting canceled. But Daniel Radcliffe will help him out, you know, like we remember the Jay Leno, Sophia Vergara clip uh, that came out. He's a weird guy. Uh, Anyways, um, I don't have a good answer for this, but I will give you one. Uh, I picked a Canadian and he can buy an American team. Uh, So I, uh, I picked uh, Martin Short, uh, one of my uh, heroes. Okay. Um, All right. I don't know if you've ever, I don't know if you've ever seen the video of him and Tom Hanks like hyping up the Hamilton Bulldogs, uh, the basketball no. team, and it's so funny. He's like a huge Hamilton Bulldogs fan, <laughs> and it is just like a hilarious energy and vibe that the two of them like have like him and tom hanks um i won't include tom hanks in this because he's an american uh but i think that i there could be some fun there and i'm also like thinking about the like john candy argonauts days um and how much fun like that was uh you know they would bring like the blues brothers out and stuff like that and i think that like martin short could bring a hilarious like uh vibe to like whatever team that he's owning and like bring like this fun just like throw throwback like we get some like uh great like uh performers from the sctv days and things like that so uh there you go there's my answer of non-american i think marty short should buy uh an nba team okay wow. that's solid I mean, hamilton's my- finest we love it love the bulldogs <laughs> reference you're you're speaking to me right here baby <laughs> you can clip that right we got a clip yeah of we'll, the- we'll, we'll clip that i'm a, marty <laughs> short he checks the pod so uh uh you know shout out to him on arrested development what are the one of the strangest best character storylines oh yeah he can't use his legs or whatever <laughs> and just the way he's coughing all the time is good stuff um <laughs> just like just basic good comedy there um uh, okay, mine, you know, I'm also going comedian. Um, 
Uh, I don't know where he's at. If everyone like loves him or or is like bothered by him or or what. Uh, but I feel like just as far as like a documentary, uh, it would be must watch uh, TV, must watch whatever. Um, but I want uh, to purchase uh, the Oklahoma City Thunder uh, and, and kind of mess with Americans. I want Sasha Baron Cohen. Uh, to buy the team and I want him to be in character. Uh, I want him to interpret what it means to be uh, an owner of a team. And uh, you know, maybe it's various characters, but I I really want him messing with everybody. Oh God. Uh, Can he relocate the team and send Sam Presti to the sun in the process? Cause hundred percent boy. Oh boy. I hate the thunder. (laughs) Yes. uh, That's why I picked the thunder. I was going to pick the Grizzlies, but I love, actually love the Grizzlies. Um, And I feel, you know, I love, I love the, the Grizzly is one of is you know, my favorite non um, non Raptor mascot. And uh, yeah, I I mostly picked OKC because I want Sasha Barracone to mess with them. Um, You know, maybe the other option could be Dallas because I would like to see him just like, you know, like mess with Cuban and take Cuban out. That'd be fun. This is how it starts. He goes with a shark tank pitch also in character of some kind. (laughs) And then he somehow convinces Mark Cuban to sign over the Mavs in order to get into this investment. I I don't know how this works, but if it gets Mark Cuban both off shark tank and away from the Mavs, I think we're cooking with gas here. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. We got a stew going. I I feel like Sasha Baron Cohen is the one to do it. You know, he's got some, he's played some major pranks. Uh, You know, maybe he could enlist, uh, um, his buddies, David Blaine and Chris Angel. <laughs> it's um, funny. I assume they're all friends in, in Matt's world. Um, okay, let's wrap it up with our last Well, yeah, how do you think they uh, made all the messages on Cyberdust disappear, Freddie? Of, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> Here we go. Now we're thinking with gas. Um, <laughs> okay, let's, uh, yeah, let's wrap this baby up. I'm going to go to you, Sean. Um, and, you know, I, I was trying to build this question around the jazz uh, and I just, I'm not quite there as far as like the Jazz are really good because I just, I remember the Wizards last year, <laughs> um, and I don't know the beginning of the season's weird sometimes, and I'm gonna wait a little bit longer, but uh, yeah, I'm curious what what team you guys think that you know has gotten off to a slow start or a bad start um, is actually good, and, you know, by, by the end of the year, you know, we'll, we'll like, they'll be fine. Um, so yeah, which team with a bad record or slow start, Sean, do you think is, is actually good and going to be fine? So I'm going to stick to my guns here, despite everything that's happening, telling me stop sticking to your guns. You were wrong to pick the Minnesota Timberwolves to be the two seed in the Western Conference ah, before the season. Love it. But I got to stick with it. I had them winning like 55 games and being the two seed because I was just like, how how can you not win a lot of games with all those guys? Uh, so, yeah, the Wolves, things are fine, right? No one ever gets upset when Rudy Gobert's around and no one ever has any sort of trouble being serious with Carl. Anthony Towns on the team, they're going to be just fine and win a whole bunch of games, right? 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 I mean, I I also was super high on the Wolves, so I think that's uh, that wasn't the team I picked, but uh, I think the Wolves are a good pick. I feel like one of my general philosophies is that talent at a certain point does win out. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think they, you know, I think they have talent there, and maybe it's chemistry or. You know, I think, you know, Chris Finch also seems like he's a good coach. So 
I don't know. I, I think it's going to work out there. Um, I think I love that pick. Um, Chili, let's let's go to you. Who's your who's your team that's gotten off to a slow start or has a bad record? That is totally fine. All right. All right. Hot take. Hot take. Here we go. The Golden State Warriors. Uh, I think <laughs> horrible that, take. Uh, <laughs> I knew you were going to hate it. Uh, there's just way too much talent on that team. Like what's problematic? Like I, I'm not. I don't want them to do well. I'm not like, oh, we, they have to do well. But, like, their defense is going to get way better. Uh, and it's just uh, it, they're going to be, like, I don't know. We just we counted them out so many times. They're just one of those teams that I think that they're going to, like, they're 29th in opponents' points per game. Like, they they rank in the 20s in all, all the defensive categories. And I just think that they're a very defensive-minded team, that that's not going to happen. And as a result, like, they're, like, uh, fast 24th and fast break points and like that's because your defense is down and stuff like that um, I don't know I just think that they're just trying to work it out who's the old guard who's the new guard similar to like you know the Raptors and stuff like that it's like you know we got to figure out who's playing now Jordan Poole and Anthony Wiggins are these your guys who are going to be on the court all the time are we able and ready to move on from Draymond Green um, and ready to get these young guys in there. I think that things are going to improve. Um, I don't hope that they will, but I think that they will. And uh, I just think that there's way too much talent and the coach is too good that they're not going to uh, turn things around. I'm I'm hearing that you're a huge Warriors fan um, and you like them more. At than a point I was. Um, you know, I'm oddly enough, like, uh, I, I'm a fan of what they do. I'm not like a rooting for them, but yeah, like I, I think warriors are a great pick here. You know, the, 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 the reigning champions, so much talent, Steph Curry, everything, you know, talking about culture, everything. Well, actually, I guess not with Draymond, but, um, <laughs> <Yeah>. you know, <laughs> their culture, culture yeah. Of yeah. punching. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I was going to like, <laughs> I was right to about to launch into like Steve Curry, everything's great. And I'm like, Oh yeah, right. That whole thing. That was pretty wild. Um, uh, but good pick as well. Uh, so this, uh, my pick, I think I'm just, I might be fully overcompensating because last year I thought they were going to be a bit older and not as good as they were. So I'm trying to like work it back a little bit. And uh, I had them six in the East. Um, and, you know, right now they're looking like a play-in team. And, and I just, I, I think I'm wrong about that. I think Spolstra is one of the best, if not the best coach in the NBA. So the four and seven Miami heat is my pick. I think they're going to be fine. Maybe, you know, yeah. Like maybe I'm wrong both years. So like last year they were way better than I thought. And this year they're actually sort of like, you know, feeling their age kind of thing. But um, I, you know, I think they have enough overall talent and um, I don't know why we keep saying this, but good culture. Like I think there's enough good stuff going on in Miami that um, it'll kind of come out in the wash and they'll be um, but uh, Spo, you don't like Spo? I don't like Spo. He's overrated. Wow. He's not good. He can't win without his like big three. How dare you? Um, Spo is my uncle, and I will be telling. I'm gonna clip that. I'm gonna send it to him. <laughs> a video guy. So let me tell you. Also, what's gonna, the culture? I think Spo's him good. For Butler. the record, Uncle Spo, I think you're good. What? <laughs> What's the culture? Him and uh, Jimmy Butler fighting all the time? Is that it's fat is that shaming, of course? Yeah, yeah. and it's, it's fat shaming. It's keeping Udonis Haslam until he's fifty. Yeah. Uh, all that kind of good stuff. It's uh, Dude, Pat Riley was so brutal to Kyle. I it's, know. Uh, okay. I know. It's, it's it's Caleb Martin playing like a dirty player. That's that's good heat culture right there. Um, 
But uh, guys, this this is it for the pod. Thank you both so much for for doing it, for being on it. Uh, I'm going to bring Maddie back in here to you know plug some stuff at the end. But uh, first, um, let, let me go to you, Sean. You know, uh, obviously we'll put your socials up. But uh, you know, what do you want to let people know? Um, and, and where can they find you? You know, uh, how can they check you out? Yeah, uh, I have a new sub stack. Uh, don't worry, I'm not doing Ethan Sherwood Strauss right wing stuff. I'm good. Uh, ah. just, talking about, just just doing Raptors posts. We'll see if my right wing turn becomes financially feasible later on. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <no>. yeah. <laughs> You're planning it. That does feel like the way to make money. I'm just saying. Uh, but mm-hmm. no, uh, just doing general Raptors posts over there just as a place to flex the blog with the blog muscles a little bit. Hence the name oh. post touches. Uh, but uh, yeah, there's Locked on Raptors, Monday, Monday through Friday, YouTube, and on the audio apps, as you usually would find them. Uh, even if you're not going to watch the YouTube videos, just subscribe so you can juice the stats. That's really all I ask. I don't care if you watch them. Just juice the stats. Play it in the background on mute. I don't care. Uh, but it's on Locked on Raptors on YouTube and all that good stuff. And always a pleasure to be on, Freddie. Oh, man. The, thanks for, yeah, thanks for having me. I, I appreciate it. And, um, uh, you know, we both love Uncle Spo, so uh, Spo, we he's, want he's you to my, subscribe he, as well. He's my uncle as well. I love him. He's great. <laughs> um, Chili, what, what's up? What do you want to let people know? Um, yeah, if you got any American listeners, uh, you know, you can tell them where to check out shows or, you know, whatever. Uh, you can follow me at Chili Dog 44, unless you're Uncle Spo. I don't need you. Uh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> <I'll do. laughs> um, on uh, all platforms. Um, and uh, because uh, I don't have any real shows booked in LA because I'm new here, uh, but I'm hoping that um, when I'm back in Toronto in December and uh, January a little bit, that uh, I will have some shows up there. So you can find them on my Instagram. Uh, I got two cool pods. One's about sports that we do like bi-weekly now um, called Chill Takes. Uh, it's mostly basketball and baseball, but sometimes we bring on people and talk about other sports like hockey or football or golf or something weird. Um, and then I also have a, an SNL podcast called the not ready for future players podcast, where we talk about the episodes, we review old episodes, we interview people who've auditioned or been on the show or something like that. Um, if you want to skip this week, I wouldn't blame you. Um, but, uh, this coming week, but, uh, otherwise listen to the not ready for future players podcast. Uh, we have a lot of fun. Awesome. Well, yeah, thank you both for, for joining. Thanks to everyone who's been listening and supporting. Maddie G, we are running out of time here, but please hit people with the goods. Let them know what they need to know. Yeah, go to raptorsrepublic.com if you'd like to listen to our podcast. If you want to listen to the full episodes and you're watching us on YouTube, go to the Rapcast on your favorite podcast. Subscribe and rate. We really appreciate it. And as well as we've been saying the last few weeks, there is a paywall up for a lot of the written content. Six bucks a month. Top line writing stuff. It's good to read, kid. It's good to read. So pay the six bucks and get reading, folks. The podcasts and stuff will remain free, of course. But we are, yes, trying to get those things up more. So thank you for those who have subscribed. And I'm sure, you know, uh, there's more to come with that as well. Amazing. Uh, Maddie D, you are the greatest. Uh, I love that you said kid and not kids. Um, let's, uh, yeah, let's, let's wrap this baby up. And if you feel like we're done and we're good to go, please just give me those words. I love so much. Okay. Listen to full episodes of the Confederacy of Dunks only on the Rapcast. cast.